Welcome to Let's Talk Church, a podcast for the church curious and convinced. Today, we're talking about waiting on the Lord. I know it can be hard, trust me, but it's necessary. Are you ready? Then let's talk church. In the church community, we're often told that when we're in anticipation of something, then we need to wait on the Lord. And sometimes, depending on who you're talking to, they'll go ahead and add that that second part to be of good courage. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, they say. Now, they mean well, and it's actually really good information. It's good advice. They haven't led us wrong in telling us to wait on the Lord. We're, you know, they tell us that because they want us to recognize that we can do nothing in and of our own strength. And even the steps that we do try to take, they're not even worth taking. They're not even worth doing without the guidance of the Lord. So this viewpoint is very much in contrary. (laughs) It's in contradiction uh, to the methodology of the world that freely permits moving of our own accord. Our world emphasizes free will and self-expression instead of voluntary submittal to the one true God and obedience to his will and to his way. I believe that this is likely the case because in the flesh, waiting is close to, if not the last thing we want to do. Waiting requires a a willingness to put something or someone in a position above our flesh to consider their feelings or the consequences. I used to talk to someone that always would say, consider the cost. That's not something that the flesh likes to do. It doesn't like to count the cost, doesn't like to consider the cost. Uh, So in order to wait, you have to, you know, tamp down our emotional energy in order to serve others. Instead of me first, is we first when you wait. Now, waiting is not a muscle many of us develop. It's not because we cannot develop this muscle. It's more likely the case that we just don't want to. We don't want to develop this muscle. Waiting takes patience and patience takes time. And time is something that many of us say we don't have enough of. We don't want to wait. Pick an area in your mind and see if you want to wait. Do you want to wait at a long traffic light? Do you want to wait for the doctor or for the nurse? Do you mind waiting in those long lines at the grocery store? Do you prefer to wait when it's time to get your hair and nails done or your hair cut or beard trimmed? Waiting is not something that we naturally prefer to do. I recall being at a traffic light one time a few years or maybe more than a few years like a long time ago i was at traffic light but i still remember what happened there was a car that was in front of me and you know they were the light was green we were sitting at the traffic light but the light was green they were waiting on the green light and i sat there thinking why doesn't this car go the the light is green like what shade of green would this car prefer to move on into the intersection (laughs) and let us all get along our day and more importantly get to this light before it changes back to red. Well, it's good that the car waited 
Because if they had gone through the light when the light turned green, they would have been hit by the car that ran the light at high speed. Now, I cannot tell you how glad I was that my thinking didn't rush them through that light. I'm glad that they waited until they were ready to go through that intersection. It likely saved their lives. Waiting on the Lord can save yours too. Jehoshaphat, Judah's king, visited Israel. Now, at the time, it was Israel's king. Um, at the at the time, that was uh, King Ahab. And if you know anything about Ahab, you know he was evil. Nevertheless, King Ahab said to King Jehoshaphat that he wanted him to go into battle with him. And that issue was Ramoth Gilead. Now, if I'm pronouncing any of these names wrong, then charge it to my head and not to the heart. But it's how, how it's my interpretation of what it is, but you can read it for yourself or pronounce it the way that you think is best. So King Ahab says that this territory was his, but it's currently in the possession of the king of Aram. Now, when asked if he'd go into battle, King Jehoshaphat said, I'm with you and my troops and my horses are united with yours. But first, let's see what the Lord has to say. Now, this whole passage uh, that we're talking about here can be found in 1 Kings 22 if you want to read it for yourself. And I actually encourage you to do that. You know, it's always good to go back and read and study for yourself and not just depend on what you hear. So, despite the, this desire of King Jehoshaphat to depend on the Lord, King Ahab decided instead that he would gather 400 prophets. And he asked them, should I go to war with Ramoth Gilead or not? Attack, the prophets answered. The Lord will hand it over to the king. Look, you will always find people who are yes men. You will always find people who will tell you what you want to hear. There's a multitude of people who are willing to deceive you. Just look at the, the political ass that's been on the air recently in this you know, voting season. I mention it because we're, you know, thank God we're out of the voting season. We just had a, a, a you know, midterm elections. And I hope that you practice your civic duty. Please nod your head and say that you did. Now, moving on to the issue at hand here. Um, I love that King Jehoshaphat was not satisfied with this display of 400 prophets. He says, isn't there any other prophet of the Lord whom we could ask? He wasn't satisfied. He just simply was not satisfied with these 400 prophets that Ahab called up. And that brings to light another point that I, you know, that I want to bring to the surface here. Look, don't be swayed by deceivers. Don't even give in to them. Don't even give them the time of day. You don't need to be, you know, swayed by people who mean to tell you something that's not true. Instead, keep your allegiance to the Lord. Pay attention to what you hear. And this is fresh from the lips of a podcaster. Everyone has an agenda. Make sure the folks in your life who have your ear are about godly kingdom business. And that's what I'm promoting here. Biblical literacy, as well as getting comfortable with the church. I don't want any insecurities that you may feel about your level of Bible knowledge to hinder you from moving into a full relationship with God. The truth is, we will never know it all. We can only know in part. So don't let what you don't know 
keep you from experiencing what you could know if you would just, you know, come on in the house. Come on in. I like to say, um, one of my pastors used to say, the doors of the church stand on open, ready and open hinges. And um, so we just want you to feel comfortable and come on into the house of the Lord. So, never going to know it all. We can only know in part, but do your part to try to get to know what you can. So King Jehoshaphat knows enough to ask for a man of God, a prophet of the Lord. And ultimately, after we find out that Ahab, King Ahab doesn't like this truth-telling prophet, we see the object of his frustration arrive on the scene. We see Micaiah, son of Imlah, brought in. And he had been told to just agree with all the prophets that had gone on before him. But he said, as surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. When Micaiah arrives, he's asked by King Ahab if they should go to war with Ramoth Gilead or not. Micaiah first mocks, well, it seems to me that he mocks the king by saying, attack and win. The Lord will hand it over to the king. But Ahab knew he wasn't being truthful. He said, how many times must I demand that you tell me the truth when you speak in the name of the Lord? And then Micaiah replied, well, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, they have no master. Let them return safely to their own homes. So, of course, King Ahab pitched a fit. He says, didn't I tell you? He never prophesies anything good about me, only bad. Did you catch that? See where his focus is? The prophecy tells of Israel being scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And they have no master. But Ahab is focused on his own outcome. He says, he never prophesies anything good about me, only bad. Now, I'm not sure, um, you know, where or why Ahab, with all of his documented wickedness, <laughs> thought things. I'm not sure why he thought things would go another way. But maybe it's because when we are in the thick of our own rebellion against God, we too are blinded to the truth, willfully blinded at times as well. So Micaiah pivots and says, listen, now to the Lord's word. I saw the Lord enthroned with all the heavenly forces stationed beside him at his right hand and at his left. The Lord said, who will persuade Ahab so that he attacks Ramoth Gilead and dies there? Did you catch that? Dies there. There was many suggestions until one particular spirit approached the Lord and said, I'll persuade him. How? The Lord asked. He says, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Wow. I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. That should resonate. The Lord agreed. You will succeed in persuading him. Go ahead. So essentially this goes on and, you know, a little back, a little more back and forth, but we find out that Micaiah gets arrested because Ahab, King Ahab, just cannot handle the truth. Zedekiah slapped Micaiah on the cheek saying, just, just how did the Lord's Spirit leave me to speak to you? Can you imagine that? 
Micaiah says, you'll find out on the day you try to hide in the inner room. (laughs) That's what leads to Micaiah's arrest. He was to be turned over to Ammon, the city official, and to Joash, the king's son. So the instructions were given to put Micaiah in prison and feed him minimum rations of bread and water until Ahab returns safely. And I bet you can guess, things didn't go according to plan. Things didn't turn out that way. Micaiah told Ahab, if you ever return safely, then the Lord was not speaking through me. Are you paying attention to the prophetic? You might just save your own life. Of course, Ahab is going to be Ahab. He and King Jehoshaphat attacked Ramoth Gilead. Now Ahab stay Ahabin. So he tells King Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself when we go into battle, but you should wear your royal attire. And guess what? King Jehoshaphat fell for the okie doke and complied. Now, why would I be so blatant as to call this a setup or an okie doke? Well, it's because I read ahead <laughs> and I know what happens next. Let's talk about it. Aram's king had commanded his 32 chariot officers. He said to them, don't bother with anyone big or small. Fight only with Israel's king. Now, who is the only one dressed like a king? You got it. As soon as the chariot officers saw King Jehoshaphat, they assumed that he must be Israel's king. So they turned to attack him. But King Jehoshaphat cried out for help. This crying out for help uh, helped the chariot officers to know that he was not Israel's king. And guess what? They stopped chasing him. Jehoshaphat was safe. But Ahab was not. For all of his plotting and planning, a random arrow struck him between the joints in his armor. The battle raged all that day and the king was propped up in the chariot facing the Arameans. But later that evening, dum the dum dum he died. He was buried in Samaria. People came and cleaned the chariot at the pool of Samaria. The dogs licked up the king's blood and the prostitutes bathed in it just as the Lord had spoken. We've got to learn the beauty of waiting on the Lord. King Jehoshaphat waited on the Lord and he got the correct instructions. And although he did still go into war, God protected him. God was with him. God provided that protection that he needed a shield around him. And God protects us in our not as wise as they should be decisions as well. God also exposed the enemy's plan. It seems to me that by asking one king to wear their royal garments and not the other, it's a setup. But beloved, know this. When you rock with the Lord, God will build a bridge over the ditch that your enemies dug for you. He sees it all and he knows it all. So wait on him. Don't get ahead of him. You're asking for trouble and you're asking for disappointment. If you get ahead of the Lord, wait on the Lord and don't get weary. Wait on the Lord and only move when he says to move. Just wait on the Lord. He will strengthen you and he will guide you.
And that's good news. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help me spread the point of it. We need to learn to wait on the Lord. Post that on your timeline. We talk about everything. Let's talk about this church. We talk about so much other stuff. Let's talk about God. Let's be intentional in talking about him. Talk about what you heard and how you felt as you felt it. You can tell the story yourself and reference 1 Kings 22, or you can invite people to listen as well. My website is talkchurch.org. I'm on Instagram at talkchurch. I'm on Facebook as Let's Talk Church Podcast. And of course, podcast destinations are Apple, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you're listening to me today. Thank you for listening. And I invite you to join us again next week. And remember, God over everything, all of his praises, let us sing. You have been listening to Let's Talk Church, a podcast designed for the curious and the convinced. Join us weekly as we explore and get more comfortable with Christianity. If you haven't done so already, please click subscribe. Also, you're welcome to join us on Instagram at Talk Church. We pray that our God will bless and keep you.